Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me again for the first time in a while, Josh Cacho. Josh, it's good to have you back. Oh, I mean, it's good to be back after about with some illnesses and then just being generally busy with some family things. Um, it's nice to come back and just talk about an actual win for once, actually, because I think the last time I was actually on him, we we were coming off a, a loss. So um, nice to talk about a win. Nice to be back. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, since you've been gone, uh, I've had the flamethrower out several times. <laughs> uh and I feel like it, there's been a lot of opportunities to be negative on what's going on. I think some of those issues still persist, but there's no point in really hammering them home after after a win where we just like feel a little bit relieved. Um, but you're feeling good. I, I, I've had several people reach out to me and ask how you're doing, but not to pry too much, but you're feeling okay now? Yeah, I mean, I had a little bit of a weird thing where I was trying to go I went keto for my brother's wedding had a really bad reaction to it ended up in urgent care um but yeah right back you know like and I think I probably just tried to get back to work and back to normal life a little bit too quickly and so it ended up wiping me out for a little bit longer than I anticipated but yeah now everything's good to go um been back at work been back doing things with my family um and then like I said the the past weekend I was out doing stuff with um, my girlfriend and stuff and and so on and so forth and so it's been a little bit just of a hectic time but you know like i said everything's you know everything's doing well now okay well again it's it's great to have you back we're relieved to to hear that you're doing well um which brings us to tonight and the result against rsl lafc in salt lake beating rsl three to one goals from BWP, Rossi, and Rodriguez um, in what felt like a match that was mostly under control. Maybe the last, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes felt a little bit more hectic as RSL were able to pull one back and decided finally that our back line of people exclusively under 5'10 needed to be tested a little bit more in the air. Um, Josh, what did you think of the match? I mean, I think it was one of those situations where I think going into it, when you saw the lineup, you saw some of the, you know, some of the things that have been discussed, um, you know, in the rumor mill over the last couple of weeks. I mean, and having been beat by RSL not that long, you know, in in phase one, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I don't think I was that confident going in, you know, and especially this morning after watching Liverpool getting waxed by Aston Villa was not exactly the greatest day of football for me. Um thus far but coming into this game you know like i said you saw harvey starting and i'm like mm, how's that really gonna work out you know but at the at the same time i think the one thing that i was thinking was like well, well maybe we'll finally get that leadership that we've been desperately needing on that back line and just organization and someone to just kind of marshal things together you know and i think that's at minimum you know obviously there was a couple of nervy moments when you know especially on set pieces but when are they not nervy moments on set pieces when everyone is five foot three? Um, but I felt like there was a little bit of, there was a sense of organization and a sense of like, just, you know, people f- having, having more of a feel for what they were, what their role in their job was than I'd seen over the last, you know, two, three weeks or so. Um, you know, something we hadn't seen in a while. 
And so, like I said, it was nice to see. It was nice to see, like I said, the 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 forwards continue to do the thing. Um, the Rodriguez goal was basically what we've been asking, what everyone's been pining to see from him for the you know since he got here. Uh, but again, I think it's 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 a glimpse of why he's a hot commodity um, in general, you know, and why why you see Italian sides, you know, trying to you know figure out a way to get him in. So um, yeah, in general, like I said, it was it's positive to see. Po- you know, positive steps in the right direction. Obviously, there's still going to be those little things that um, they're not, you know, like you said, that we could harp on, that we've been harping on in terms of um, individual errors or just, you know, just dealing with aerial duels and set pieces, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, you take what you can get. You know, like I said, if they can make that playoff, make it in the playoffs, see Vela come back, you'd get you know, like I said, it, give, it gives a team a sense of of hope heading into things, and you know, just again, more than anything, just need to get healthy, head down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. After performances like this one, uh, the thought of Vela coming back really does uh, liven me up a bit because it answers so many of the questions that we have. Right? Are we getting enough production from Rodriguez? Can BWP consistently give you 60 minutes? Um, is Musovski the only other option off the bench? Uh, and how many times is he going to get called offside this match? Um, so those things, I, I feel like more answers are falling into place, even though so many of the things that we have complained about, um, center back depth, who is our right back, all those different things that we've, you know, what, 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 kind of signing are we going to make um those still those still exist um i do agree that rodriguez continues to show exactly why we have him um and uh, look i get it i'm i i want nothing more than for this man to do what he did tonight over and over and over again being able to get played in behind the defense and find a creative way to to finish um Tonight, I th- to me, I'm still not sure that was a totally natural finish for him. Um, but it was good. Tucked it right inside the the near post and and chipped it right by the keeper. So I, it's encouraging to see him finish one like that. Um, hopefully, there's more to come. I'm not sure. I'd have to check, but I think he's still the the assist leader in the in the league. Um, so. If you are confused at why Italian sides are looking at him, um, look no further than the the raw abilities that. And what I mean by that is his ability to finish that one tonight, um, even though it's not always there. Right, it's not automatic. Uh, he has to think about it a little bit too much, and then his abilities, both on and off the ball, um, that consistently show up. Uh, I. I have to say, I really just love Jose Cifuentes in the midfield um, so much. I feel like he is what was missing from the midfield, uh, where you had Latif and Mark Anthony K, who are able to press but not always able to to give you the offensive output that you need. His ball to Rossi on the on his goal is a prime example of that. So you're talking about you know a 50, 60 yard ball that's, uh, that hit, that's hit with the right pace and the right amount of curve to get in behind the defense and hold up 
perfectly for Rossi. Uh, I, I mean, and his is the cross. His is the initial cross in for for Rossi that Rossi puts off the post and, and BWP puts in the back of the net. So continue to see great things from him. Um, Josh, what do you what do you make of RSL's ability to play the ball in the air and really test this back line? Um, I know there's not really any answers if Jakovic needs to be rested and Blackman isn't healthy, but I mean, what what do we need to be doing? You know, I mean, I think again in when it comes to winning aerial, I mean. At that point, you have to limit the opportunities more than anything, right? It's like, you know, are you going to commit stupid fouls to give away free kicks? Or are you going to give away corner corners knowing that, you know, in late situations, knowing, you know, that, you know, trying to play out from the back or something like that, knowing that these are these risks occur? Obviously, like I said, you know, they're going to get their set pieces. They're going to get their opportunities, you know, again, but given... Giving your personnel again, there's there's only so much you can do, right? But it, at the end of the day, it comes down to organization and making sure, like I said, that what what LAFC has always struggled with is not necessarily the initial ball; it's always the second one, right? And dealing with that second ball is more amount more an issue of organization than it is, I believe, an actual issue of personnel, right? Like I said, if 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 it's just like their center back every single time going and just powering through and finishing headers. If that happened, you know, 10 times a night, then I'd say, okay, it's purely a personal issue. But again, a lot of the, a lot of the chance that, that we've given up on set pieces is not the first ball in, right? You'll see the first ball come in. K will clear it. Someone will get ahead to it. And then the ball's just bouncing around in front of goal. There was a cut. There was a, a moment. I think it was like, somewhere around the end of the first half where it was just basically pinball in front of the goal. Like everyone was trying to play a short pass in front of goal. I'm like after, uh, you know, coming off of a, um, a set piece and I'm like, just get rid of it. Right. Like you can do what Sistega only wants to do and just clear the dang ball. Right. Um, you know, but you again, you, it's like the mentality of wanting to, you know, play a nice, a sexy, you know, short pass that creates a counter is so ingrained in them that, again, in these moments, they, they give up. The, and that, then that's the second ball they give up, right? It's like they try to play a ball, they turn over inside the box, and then now you're giving them a free, you know, an, an opportunity on goal. And so, again, I think that that secondary, it's, it's, it's mentality. It's, you know, again, do we just clear it? Or, you know, are we just playing to clear the ball at that moment? Or are you playing to, you know, um, you know, to try and get on the counter. Again, I think those just having that 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 awareness of the of these different situations goes a long way. You know, where your personnel can't. You know, like where not just having personnel or the personnel issues um, stop. Right, like I said, not having a, a a Virgil Van Dyke type of center back or whatever it may be. Again, like who? How many people? How many teams have those guys? You know, like yeah, everyone has yeah. their weaknesses, you know, in this league. There's a reason why, you know, like the way that the roster construction is is set up is almost specifically to create these issues. Um, but with that in mind, 
again, I when you look at the way that the game plays out, it's it's usually not the first ball in, and a, and a towering center back or a towering you know target forward making a play. You know, Zlatan's not here just bossing people. Mm-hmm. The issue this year has really just been concentration awareness on the second ball, right? On yeah. on the second, you know, like I think you you I forget how you how you described it before, but it's like on the second phase of the set uh, of the set piece, not necessarily the initial phase. Right. Right. So the, and that's the thing is that so many teams have, have started to do it is play these two phase, like a short corner, for example, or a ball, you know, off of a, off of a free kick where they're playing it across the field, uh, maybe on the ground to a secondary shooter or secondary, uh, you know, somebody that's going to serve it in on the, on the second ball. And it's because they come so unglued and so disorganized, uh, and it, it's like they're it's like all the assignments break down after that initial ball is played, and then they don't know what to do. So, uh, I mean, it, that is a great point, and I feel like to be fair, Harvey uh, played pretty well tonight, and despite being out out jumped several times, uh, the the fact of the matter is they didn't score. Now perhaps against a better finisher that though, you know, those chances are, are tucked away. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily know who that is. That's on LAFC schedule coming up, but I mean, it is a weakness. I, I don't know if it's going to be addressed in this transfer window or in the off season. It's tough to say because, uh, everything's locked down. So, so tightly, it seems aside from the, the uh, Rodriguez rumors in, in Italy, which are coming from the, you know, the leaks are coming from the other side. They very rarely come from anywhere in LAFC. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I think the transfer window is open until October 29th. So there's still time uh, to be honest with you. I don't have my hopes up that anything is going to change because uh, I, given the way this year has gone and, Bob did an interview earlier in the week about everything's so difficult now because they have to come in, they have to quarantine. Um, so it's not like reinforcements would be coming before we lose all of our uh, South American call-ups. But um, anything else? You know, one thing I did want to talk about is Pablo Cisniega seems more confident coming out. He had a couple of times where he's coming off his line and when he does come off his line, he's extremely confident clearing the ball. Um, it's never second guessing. If he comes out, he's he's going to win the ball and he's going to go through people to, to do it. I do feel like a couple of times on balls played in, uh, he probably could have come out and challenged and said he got caught halfway. But again, um, not a whole lot. They weren't able to generate a whole lot. And I think on their on the own goal, he actually made a great save on on the on the shot and out to us it was just unlucky to be right in the right in the path where where he blocked it yeah i mean i think you know in terms of in terms of what they need him to do you know like i said he's the best guy for the job at the moment in terms of mm-hmm. you know it if if this is last year and you have uh, you know a team that's you know maintaining 80 you know 70 you know 70 80 percent possession for the majority of the game and the, you know all these different things right he doesn't fit the, he doesn't fit the bill which is why you hardly saw him last year right it's because yeah. he just doesn't have that ability to play 
you know, to confidently play the ball for them back and become that first part of the first, you know, a part of the first phase of attack. Um, but this year, you know, when when you need a shot stopper, when you're actually, you know, where we've been leaking goals, you know, like I said, like, I don't mind him just clearing the ball out, right? Because I'm not confident that the center backs are going to do it or I'm not confident that the fullbacks are going to do it. So to just have a guy who wants to just get rid of it and live the fight another day, hey, I'm, I'm good with it. Because like I said, given given what we've seen from the back line and how, and or even the midfield in terms of how they try to approach some of these balls, you know, in, in that are just bouncing around near the box or whatever it may be. And again, just thinking of a guy who's just like, you know, forget it. I'm going to just get rid of it, clear it. You know, like I said, when maybe we lose possession, but it's better than giving up a goal, right? Like I'll take it for now, right? You know, maybe when Carlos Vela comes back, maybe when, you know, the back line is more healthy, the, the conversation changes a little bit. But for the time being, he he is what we need for the time, for the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems like he's taking some steps forward as well, which is encouraging. Um, not necessarily in, in playing with his feet, but he, j- he looks more confident than I think he has in a while with, in regards to shot stopping and, and just controlling the, the penalty area. So I'm happy with it for now. Uh, anything else, Josh, or you want to get in some questions here? I mean, I think one thing that I wanted to point about, Rodriguez, right, is when you think about world football as a whole, and then obviously the the roster machinations of MLS, is if Rodriguez goes to an Italian team and becomes the the fifth or sixth best player of the team, and he plays the way he has at LAFC, right, most if not every team is thrilled with his production. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and, and again, that's just the reality of the situation. But given the price that we paid and given the roster machinations of, of Major League Soccer, we need him to be have superstar production. And unfortunately, again, that's just not how things work all the time. right? You're not always going to get Diego Rossi. You're not always going to get a Carlos Vela where, where their production you know, is, is worth every penny that you pay versus... Again, you look at what what's paid for some of these players around the world, right? Like, you know, however much was paid for Harry Maguire. And you're just like, golly, <laughs> that is a terrible investment, <laughs> right? Or however much was paid for uh, Kepa at Chelsea. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, that is a terrible investment considering they've world already World record moved. for Kepa. Right? Yeah, world record goal, you know, price for a goalkeeper and they've already moved on. Yeah. Right. So, again, depending on what you're asking, right? Again, for a twelve million dollar investment, right? What does twelve million dollars get you around the world? Right. You hope it gets you a project guy that you can develop into something bigger, that probably gets sold at most for thirty million dollars at at its peak for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. What you're, what you know, like I said, and you know, and, and it's not like we're Dortmund, right? Where you find these random guys for five million dollars and sell them for a hundred. You know, right? If you can, you know, like I said, that may be the ultimate plan and the ultimate goal. But again, when you look at when you look at Brian Rodriguez in the context, you know, of the world, and it's hard to do that sometimes because I think with we get 
Major League Soccer has this thing where we tend to be really insular about our thinking and everything like that. You know, this is why everyone thinks that Jordan Morris needs to start over, you know, over Gio Reyna. Right. 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 Shouldn't happen. But, you know, someone's going to someone's going to call for it, you know, or whatever it may be, you know, um, you know, or or Jackson Newell starting over Gio Reyna. You know, because he's a regista and, you know, whatever. When Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Right, like, so if I get, I'm, I'm going to pick that scab just a little bit there. Um, my problem with the way the conversation has unfolded around the national team in the past, I don't know, five or six weeks since Greg has come back out and there's talk about dual pressing eights and a regista um, is that you have, a guy starting for Dortmund. And again, Reyna's breakout has happened in the past five or six weeks. Like his, his true breakout where he's just every week doing something spectacular. So you can forgive Greg a little bit there, except for the fact that he should know this already. There's no, like it's the same thing with Dest, right? Where when everybody was worried about him getting, uh, called into the Netherlands and the excuse from us soccer was, well, how are we supposed to know he was going to be so good? It's like, he's been playing for the, for the youth national team forever. So if you guys, if your scouts are worth anything, then they should know this. So you have Greg out here designing a system that'll fit Jackson, Euler, Michael Bradley, and you have an emerging number 10, uh, who is looking like one of the better one, two combos in the Bundesliga, if not, in the big five, right. With, with Holland and, and Reina. Um, so to, to think that you might play Reina on the wing just to make room for Jackson Ewell or somebody similar, or that you might play, you know, that he, that, jo- that if he is going to play on the wing or you can't start him on the wing, cause Morris is there and Jackson, Ewell wants to play the six. That's where I'm like, all right, I can't, I can't, <laughs> handle the 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 plan here yeah yeah and it's an insular way of thinking and it's and again it, it, it's one that you know is probably the reason why we end up with greg berhalter versus you know tata as their coach not that tata you know like was you know who knows if he actually wanted the job or was available but lopate you know, wanted the job though there you go right you know guys who have experience at the biggest clubs you know and all these different things so when you when you go back to Brian Rodriguez, like you said, I think even within LAFC fandom, there's a tendency to, to just be a little bit too insular in our thinking. And when you think yeah. about the grand scheme of things and what he actually is on the on the biggest stage, right, is mm-hmm. a sixth or seventh best guy on a team. Now, if Brian Rodriguez is the sixth or seventh best guy on your team, your team is pretty dang good because he can create, yeah. he can do yeah. a lot of things from the midfield, he can do a lot of things from the wing. But... Again, when you're asking him to be, you know, again, and, and to use, you know, because it's a, and we're, we're talking about American sports, we're talking about a LeBron level figure. It's not going to happen. And I think, like I said, that's where that disconnect comes. And I think it's why we often are harder on him. And even, like I said, maybe even, you know, again, we, we even got less production than we, you know, from Andre Orta. But I think that's where that, that desperation and that line of thinking comes when you, you know, again, it just doesn't work because again, where we, how we value things 
is much different from where they actually where their actual value stands in the grand scheme of things. Right, right. So um, to to kind of go along with what you're saying about like the profile of player that he would be playing with in uh, in Italy. So we'll take the the Torino um, rumor, right? Where if he goes for let's say. I don't know, 12 million. He is the fourth most expensive player on the team. Now, I know that uh, Cagliari just tried to sign him and it was apparently 10 million with like a 500,000 loan fee and then a 9.5 million buyout um, option. But the other the other players that are around him as well are, so th- these are, this is their, the market value of the, of the top players at Torino. And again, not that market values are everything, but it does give you an idea. Uh, 38.5, 16.5, 14.3, 11, 11, 7.7, 7.15, 7.15, 6.6. So you can see like you're not talking about uh, you're not talking about the same level of player that you're talking about in um, in MLS. So no, he's not going to have to go there and try and fill the shoes of Carlos Vela, who's clearly capable of carrying the team on his shoulders, right? Um, he's going there to be part of a team and he's not going to be necessarily the standout, the crack that everybody expects him to be at LAFC. So um, would we like to see more production for him in terms of goals? Yes. But are we seeing him? I mean, now he's got what eight assists and two goals. So he's accounted for 10 goals this season. Um, can you can you ask a whole lot more? I, I mean, I guess given the the offensive production that we're used to seeing, but uh, it well, might not be as bad as you think it is. Let's put it this uh, way: the 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 most expensive player in the league at this point has less has done absolutely nothing yeah. comparatively to him. Yeah, I mean, actually, comparatively to everyone, he's done nothing <laughs> because I think when he plays a team, their team is actually worse. So consider that, yeah, you yeah. know, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, so he's not perfect. He's a kid. That's how I see it. Um, but, I mean, we spend a lot of time complaining about all kinds of stuff. So I understand if people are frustrated and want to see him move on. I don't think it's the worst thing in in the world if LAFC looks to move him and try and find somebody with a better fit. I think simply because you could add um, – a big signing elsewhere on the field where you might need it a little more. So, all right. Should we get into these questions, Josh? Do it. We took, we took some serious detours there, but any, any chance to attack Greg, Greg Berhalter is a good one. Spare spare no opportunities. No. Uh, Okay. The first one, Tycho B and G at Tycho blue. I like the way the team showed control, even with the start of the second half looking a bit ragged. B rod direct looks dangerous he has such a heavy shot i wish he shot more sifu amazed me with that pass to rossi and does bob have a weird lineup against the rapids um yeah i mean i we've talked about how they controlled the game much more effectively tonight uh the midfield looked to be a lot better like you said there were a couple times where we were having trouble getting it out of our own out of our own penalty area kind of pinballing around maybe trying to play a little too cute to get out. 
Uh, B-Rod Direct, yeah, it looks dangerous all the time. We talked about Sifu's pass. Uh, there is another question about, about lineups here, so I think we're going to save that part to the end. Uh, do you have anything on that stuff, Josh? I mean, I think the interesting thing is I think this team is actually more is actually better suited to counter than it is to actually play you know the the tiki taka you know uh pep guardiola bob bradley possession style football um you know again when you think about the 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 speed that you have up top um you know honestly to me it's like i said if you were to just tell me you were going to bunker in and then and then have sifu hit balls on a rope to to rodriguez and and rossi in space I'm all for it. You know, like I said, it's it's not my favorite to watch all the time, but it's going to win you more games and we're going to have a lot less heart attacks as fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the shape of the back line, I don't think anybody's going to fault you for uh, sinking in just a bit. All right. Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. Latif really needs to be playing further at the pitch, if at all, when all our squad are available. Not his fault. He's not a seasoned right back, but teams constantly focus on him clearly being a weak link. Yeah, I mean, this is true. People always target our fullbacks, especially, and when you have a guy who isn't necessarily always well positioned, uh, they're gonna they're gonna do it even more. Especially like so, you have Justin Miram who looks like he's nine feet tall when he's standing next to Latif Blessing. And to be fair, I thought Latif held his own uh, playing one v one, but yeah, it's. You know, it's not it's not a perfect option, and who knows what Andy Nahar is at this point to this club. And I don't know anything about Blackman's injury. Did you see anything about Blackman's injury that uh, I haven't? Gave you any it, inclination from from what it seems? I mean, the team has been changing the report, so there's just a lot less information available. Instead of actually before they would at least give you the location, now they're mm. just putting not medically cleared. On on okay. the on the injury report, so there being a lot again in in you know given given the current injury situation in terms in terms of tactics to to have it as as little information out there as possible is probably a, a benefit to the team. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, like I said, as as unfortunate as it is for us. Yeah, yeah. All right, Alistair continues. Harvey, while not good chasing behind the play, was a really good communicator and made it really obvious who needs to be where. Looking at you, Cheeky. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Harvey's a good... Uh, I don't think he's got it to play left back. You're going to see moments because he is a vet who knows when to, when to you know pick his spots to get forward. Um, you're going to see moments of brilliance from him still at, at left back, but... I think as a backup left center back, he's a good option. Uh, Alistair continues, credit to RSL, who are a really hardworking team with a solid plan to get at us. But unlike last Saturday, it seemed like we were determined to win the 50-50 plays and get stuck in much better. What do you think about like the overall effort from LAFC tonight, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it, the press just looked like it had more more control to it. I think at, at times, because LAFC tends to just press it, they're pressing a man. Um, when you look at the way that the system is, at times, depending on the team that they're playing, it looks like it's. It reminds me of like watching like little kid soccer, where it's like a magnet and the ball, you know, like the ball goes, and then you you just see a swarm chasing after it. That's what LAFC's press can look like at times, as opposed to 
tonight felt like they they were more interested in controlling the space. So instead of just chasing after people, they tended to be a little bit more disciplined in leaving zones and just kind of sticking foot, you know, getting a foot into a passing lane as opposed to chasing people around with reckless abandon, which I think is Latif's strongest suit is the kind of like you know you see him often out of position you know nicking you know nicking from behind and then we'll take the ball off someone which is great but if you don't take the ball off someone it leaves us it leaves it now a zone vulnerable and so i think what you saw tonight was a little bit more disciplined a little bit more uh like i said that like, a, like an old school bob us mnt bob bradley defense that that held its shape much better and then from that point you know again still press still was it were aggressive when people came into zones but were was more disciplined about maintaining its defensive shape and then i think what you saw was that it allowed to get it into the counter a little bit better and yeah which had led to a couple of those goals so i mean typically you refer to that as like cover right where you're taking away um so if somebody leaves to press you somebody's stepping up to take away their like that space or that man that was vacated. Um, and then oftentimes the third man is being covered a little bit more efficiently, right? That's that's like Marcelo Bielsa, right? Where mm-hmm. it's how do I get open for the person that's about to receive the ball, right? That's what he's always coaching his offensive players to do. So in order to press, you just reverse that, right? So not only covering for the person that just left and where the pass might go immediately, but how do I cover for the next pass as well? Um, last one from Alistair is thought Atuesta is still getting back to match sharpness, but always made himself available. Sifu and Mac disappeared at times. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Mac and I think Sifu still, um, still kind of learning the ropes. And I think he is given a lot of freedom in that, in a similar anti 10 role as, as, uh, as Latif was. And I mean, Mark Anthony K, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's good. He's an above average midfielder in MLS. And sometimes he's going to frustrate you. And other times he's going to absolutely amaze you with a pass that you weren't expecting or, uh, his ability to keep the ball at his feet. Um, anything on those two, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I think when, when you don't, when your offense isn't predicated on, on Mark Anthony K being the guy to hit every key pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you you allow Atuesta to be that guy, you're going to be pretty successful because now what ends up happening is that when K has the, you know K is the kind of guy that needs to be able to see it before he does it, mm. right? So you'll see him need to pick his head up. It's a little bit like um, for the Arsenal fan that like Granit Jaka, right? The guy can pass, but he has to pick his head up and see the pass before he banks it, right? Yeah. Versus Thiago. Right, you know, um, at Liverpool or formerly of Bayern Munich, well, you know, like the guy's not even looking, and then you'll see the ball, you know, the ball touches his foot on a one touch, and then next thing you know, on a curl ball that just lands right at the feet of someone. Yeah, right. right and you're just like, oh, right. right. So there's that. In, there's the those guys who can anticipate a pass that just have that third eye as it pertains to passing, and there's a guy that has the skill and ability to do it, but just has to see it first. Um, Again, when and when you have that other, when you have Atuesta at the pivot, you know it gives you that it gives you that guy who has a third eye who can who can see it all, and then now because he, he his pass frees you up, 
now you have Mac able to be able to now see that pass and make a good pass saving with Cifuentes. Like I said, they, they can pick up their head and see the ball and see the runner and make a great pass because they're, they're skilled and they're talented and they're able to do it, you know, again, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't, you know, again, it doesn't mean, you know, there's just some guys that just have that natural gift and ability at Twesta is one of them. Right. Um, you know, it's like what they talk about, like LeBron's passing gift. You know, it's it's not something that it's taught. You just feel. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and I get it. You know, and I think that with the way that that Mac and and Sifuentes has passed, all right, is more of like I said, it's it's something that's taught. They see it. They it's ingrained in them. They can hit it. They have the ability to do it. Um, versus Atuesta, something he has a feel for the game that you just don't teach. Hmm. Yeah. All right, last one is from Benjamin at LAFC Benjamin. This is this is the one that I alluded to earlier in uh, Tycho's tweet. Who are your immediate replacements for Palacios, Cifuentes, and Rodriguez? I would say Harvey or El Munir at left back, Janela or Blessing at center mid, and maybe Blessing at right wing if Blackman returns. What do you guys think? And then his bonus question is: Was this Brian's last game in an LAFC jersey? So, um. We know that Palacios and Cifuentes have been called up to the Ecuadorian national team, and Rodriguez is going to play with uh, with Uruguay. Diego Rossi was left off the final roster there. Um, you can read into whatever conspiracy theories you think about LAFC saying, yes, take one of them, but not the other. Um, but Josh, what are you doing with uh, with these three that are going to be missing for some time? Yeah, I mean, I think at left back, yeah, I think you after tonight, you almost have to go Harvey, um, because Muni, I mean, El Manier, while he gives you a lot on the offensive end, gives you almost, you know, like I said, had generally and historically has has not given much on the defensive end of things, and when our defense has been struggling, I'm not sure that's the direction that we want to go right now, um, so. And I think if Latif is still playing right back at that point, what it allows you to do is you basically just sit Harvey, play a back three. Yeah, yeah. Latif pushes forward in possession, and then there you go, right? So you're a little bit more defensively stable, which is basically what they did for large swaths of time last year. You know, like you know, you know, like when you have Carlos Vela, you don't really need overlap. You know, and and Rossi up there, do you really need? you know, the fullback overlapping every single time? No. And I think what Beta and Harvey did better than others was they knew when, you know, they basically knew when to push forward or when to sit. Whereas right now it's just basically everyone pushes forward and then you have a back two. But having a back two in absence of Virgil van Dijk is a bit tough. Um, And even then, look at what happened today. It's not, you know, like I said, they could only, they could only, those guys, you know, an even the best center backs can only do so much, you know, to stop, you know, a, a great offensive team. So, yeah, so I think Harvey is, a, is, the, is the left back. The other two is Cifuentes, right, in the midfield? Uh, yeah, Cifuentes is gone. So and, uh, my my guess is probably Janela. Um, you know, like I said, basically assuming that the right back situation doesn't change and you need Latif there. So I think you probably go Janela, you know, so you're going Janela, K, and Atuesta in the midfield. And then at right wing, oof, 
I don't. To me, I'd almost change the shape and just play four four two. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you know, and then maybe you play, you know, Latif on the on the right midfield, and then behind him, you play Nahar or, or whatever. You know, or hope Blackman is able to get back sooner than later. Um, you know, and play a little bit more defensively, because like I think you said, in absence of Carlos Vela, um, this team plays better on the counter. Anyways, you know, so maintain a shape and then get the ball to the midfield, you know, get the ball to Atuesta where he can just spray balls to on running, you know, guys that are on the move. So again, maybe it's cheating to go that, go that direction, but that's based to me. That's probably where I would head all things considered. Yeah. I, it is tough because, um, without knowing what the club really thinks of Nahar. Everybody at this point knows what I think of him um, and that he's just not acceptable. Uh, but without them knowing, it's it's tough to say because the na- my natural inclination is to say, yeah, Latif moves up to the right wing and you have Nahar there. But now you have um, two fullbacks. I mean, you're you're pretty certain that you know what you're getting from Harvey and like you said, you can sit him down if you need to. Um, but you are going to get murdered on that <laughs> down the opponent's left wing if you have uh, Andy Nahar there. And maybe Blessing can come back and help cover. But, man, I th- that idea to me seems like <laughs> uh, it's not going to be sustainable. Um because we know Blessing loves to get forward. He's he's good at getting forward on that on that right flank. And he's going to he's going to you know, he's going to be able to get you some penetration on the dribble uh and make a couple a couple passes per game that are really gonna create solid chances. Um so man, I, I it it's tough. It's tough to say um exactly how to go about doing this. Yeah, I mean Likely, I mean, if you were to ask me, it's probably going to be Adrian Perez on the right-hand side. I yeah. think he's been the one that's played yeah. the most there at times, and he's a guy that, like, stick him there, have him drive the ball down the wing, and then hit, hit, you know, and then hit cutbacks into the lane for right. for BWP and and uh, and and Rossi. That's fine. Like I said, the, is, uh... it, is it ideal? No, but is. He, he from a defensive standpoint, you don't lose very much because the guy, you know, like I said, he he works, you know. So right. I'd rather have Adrian Perez there on that right hand side, just from a defensive standpoint, because I think he's going to be a little bit more solid there in terms of his work rate and all those different things, um, you know. And then, like I said, then you still have Musovski to be able, to basically, as the back, you know, the guy who's going to spell BWP for half hour. Yeah. So let me give you let me give you uh, what I would do if I had the reins, and then I'm going to give you the craziest yet most plausible lineup I can think of. <laughs> um, so if it were me, similar to you, the back line stays well, kind of stays. You have Harvey, Segura, Yakovic, and Blessing across the back line. You have Atuesta and K paired up with uh, Janela, I suppose. And you're probably seeing Duke come on at some point for them. And I think in that, in that case, you see K move up the field and he's the anti 10 
and I'm not sure what you see in terms of combination from from Atuesta. I think Atuesta is still playing the six, uh, as that is clearly his best position. Um, and then, like you said, Perez, Bradley Wright, Phillips, and and Rossi across the top. Now, to throw a couple of curveballs in there, I think you could see that same lineup, but you could also see. Um, Bryce Duke in the midfield instead of Janela. I guess it's not too much different. And Mohamed El Munir at right or left wing. As the right, we've seen him in the right winger position before. I think he's better on the left. Um, but we know that there is another uh, famous lefty that plays the right wing for us. Um, and we've and we've seen bob use him as an attacking sub several times before so that that's one curveball that i wouldn't be surprised to see bob throw at us um, yeah i mean i think i think if worst comes to worst like i said you they go back they revert back to that 4411 or 442 um with bwp i think like i said i think you saw it bwp came off in the game and you basically had rodriguez and rossi up top together munir came in on that left hand side yeah, of the yeah. midfield, Latif went to the right hand side of the right hand side of the midfield, um, with K and Atuesta in the middle. So, you know, like, would it be the craziest thing in the world? No, but I think at that point, I don't think you're staying in the four three three. I think you're you're probably changing the shape a little bit to play more defensively, and then expect to try and get. Do you see Bob doing that for ninety minutes though? Nope. That's the thing. Like Bob, Bob, Bob is going to want to start in a four three three and then adjust yeah, from there. Yeah. So if you know, which is fine, and so that's why I think I see probably more of an, that Adrian Perez move um, with everyone. You know, Adrian Perez and then Janela in the midfield. You know, or at minimum, you know, like at most he shifts to a you know like a four two three one, right? Yeah. Where you have two holding midfielders in Janela and and. Um, and that Twesta with with K as your ten, you know, mm-hmm. maybe gives a little bit more defensive cover, you know. But again, um, likely I think they said it's a four three three. Probably Adrian Perez on the right hand side because again I think they Bob trust him. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you know what you're going to get, right? Offense and production. You know, you're not going to give him much, but he'll give he'll work his off his butt off defensively. And if your only goal is to is for him to just get the ball to Rossi and BWP, well, he'll do that. Yeah, I mean, Perez is definitely. I mean, other than Musavski, who uh, is the BWP understudy, so he's not going to be starting. Um, but Adrian Perez is like the the one out of the those kind of wild card players that subs in most frequently. Um, what I will say here in closing is if Andy Nahar doesn't see significant time during the stretch, then this experiment is over. And if it isn't over, then it should be. Um, because I mean, with your starting, presumably starting right back and Tristan Blackman out, and your makeshift right back and Latif Blessing being moved around the field or, you know, just deputizing. And now you have holes where Blessing normally would play and he's still deputizing at right back. Uh, 
the alarm bells need to be going off and they need to move on. Um, I don't, I don't know what kind of money they they've sunk into him. Um, it seems to me like he was, it was a, he's on a pretty big salary, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like desperate times call for desperate measures. Obviously it's a weird year with COVID and everything like that. So I think we'll see the direction that they decide to go because again, I think, you know, it, it puts it, Losing on on a you know like I, said, I don't know I don't I don't think he's quite tam level but I think he's probably maxed out um raw regular roster level which I think is what like Lee Wynn was on at like probably you know half a million dollars or so so or no not half a million they had two hundred fifty thousand I think him mm-hmm. and you know Beta and him I think were maxed out somewhere around there so it puts you in a in a pretty rough position especially if you're not getting production from those that top end and the salary cap guys you know it's, yeah. it's different you know like it's bad enough to have tam or tam guys injured you know they still do have that tam money from from Dio um available so you know again what direction they decide to go will remain to be seen but you know like i said that it to not get production from guys that are in that in that maxed out in that max salary range is it hurts, you know, and so I think, like I said, they're going to have to do some things and work the cap, you know, but that's why you guys, you bring in guys like Will Coons, who are salary cap masters, mm-hmm. um, you know, from their time in other sports. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that about covers it all. You got anything else before we get out of here? No, I think it's, it's good to be back. Like I said, hopefully we'll continue to stay in a role heading forward. And uh, yeah, when's the next match? The next match, man. Now you're now you're testing to see how fast I can load this ESPN app real quick. Colorado um, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. I think it's kind of a tough stretch coming up too. Yeah. Yeah. We're so back yeah. to like the Colorado every Wednesday and Sunday. Colorado away, and then Seattle at home on Sunday. Yeah. Then so. Vancouver on Wednesday, Portland on Sunday, then a week before the next traffic go. Oh, on. On ABC, that game is taking place. Yeah, so maybe we finally get the Vela Chicharito showdown wow. um, at the end of the month. But, you know, we'll see. All right. All right, Josh. Well, good to hear from you again. You can follow the show at Counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right, and we will talk to you all on Wednesday. Good night.